Good evening. It's good to see each of you tonight. If you would turn to the book of Proverbs. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are glad that we can be in your house tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for the ability and the freedom that we have to assemble. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to uh, give consideration to what is said tonight. I pray that you'd help me to say what you've laid upon my heart in a clear manner. And God, that again, that we would be willing to consider it and apply it however we would need. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, first of all, nothing to do with the sermon. Just want to thank the ladies who helped with the decorations this week. It always makes it look a little nicer for the holidays. So thank you, uh, whoever had a hand in that. All right. If you didn't have a hand in it, that's okay. They'll tear it down the 1st of January, and you can make it up uh, at that point, all right? So Proverbs is where we're going to be tonight. The reason for that, most of you know that two weeks ago we finished our study out of 1 Corinthians, and I said then that it would be a few weeks before we got ourselves into another study. And so, as I've said before, while it's fine to kind of bounce around, it gives us a chance to study some different things. Uh, it's not always my favorite approach to preaching because I like to be in a study. I like to be in a series but I do believe that the Lord has given direction for tonight's service, and so I hope that we will give attention to this, and I trust that we will. Tonight I want to begin with a statement or with a thought that I know I have presented to you at some point in the future. I know that I have asked you to think about this at some point. I just, that just totally said that wrong, didn't I? I shared with this in the future. Well, welcome to the future, because I'm about to share it with you, all right? Uh, uh, I'm just going to pause, start over, and uh, tonight I'm going to begin with a thought that I know I've shared in the past, and it's one that I have asked you to think about in the past. I'm not going to ask you to think about it in the future, at least not anytime soon. But tonight I do want you to think about this thought, though we've thought about it before. All right. The thought is this, is that when there is something of value, there will usually at some point be a counterfeit to that product. You understand that, right? That if there is something that is made and it has value associated with it, that at some point in the future there is probably going to be a counterfeit, a knockoff, a fake, or a phony produced as well. We could illustrate this in so many different ways. I'm just going to give us a couple of them, not because I think all of you would be interested in these things, but I happen to be aware of the fact that if designers make a purse that becomes popular, that at some point in the future, someone is going to try to make a counterfeit that looks like the original and try to pass it off onto others as though it were an original. You understand that, right? Okay. Same would be true of watches. How many of you have ever heard of the brand Rolex? Most of us have, have we not? Those are several thousand dollar watches. They are very, very, very expensive. And so what has been around for a long time? Knockoff watches that would have the Rolex name on them. Obviously, they're not of the same quality. They're not of the same workmanship or the craftsmanship. But yet there are people who will make those things and they will try to pass them off to others as being genuine or as being authentic, though that is not true. Now, I also know that I've asked you to consider this, but I want us to think, it about, think about it again tonight, and that would be that sometimes it is extremely easy to recognize a fake. 
You can just spot it and immediately you know that is a fake. That is not the real deal. That is not genuine. It is obvious to anyone who knows anything about that particular product. At the same time, there are times when people have done such a good job counterfeiting the original that you really have to know what to look for in order not to get duped. Would you agree with that? All right, I'll just illustrate this real quickly. If I've said this before, then just act interested, okay? Several years ago, my mom bought a fake Rolex. She knew it was fake when she bought it, but she bought this fake Rolex. She took it to a jewelry shop in the mall. The person who looked at it for her about a battery or taking some links out did not recognize that it was a fake Rolex because it was such a good knockoff that you really had to know what you were looking for. And so, again, we understand the principle, we understand this thought, we understand this idea. If it is of value, there will be counterfeits. And in order to not get taken, you have to know what you're looking for. So that in mind, tonight I want us to think about the book of Proverbs. I know that we've not been in the study of this. I know that we've not been dealing with this. But I think most of us know this, that the primary theme of the book of Proverbs is dealing with the subject of wisdom. Would we agree with that? It is dealing with the subject of wisdom, a person's need for wisdom, the need for a person to seek out that wisdom, the means in which to acquire wisdom, and then the benefits associated with applying biblical wisdom to one's life. Obviously, the book deals with many, many, many different subjects. But again, overall, the theme is this, godly wisdom for our everyday lives, that if we will seek wisdom, that if we will apply wisdom, then we will eventually benefit from that wisdom. So all that being said, look tonight in Proverbs chapter 10. In Proverbs chapter 10, we're going to look at just one verse tonight. Verse number 22. Verse number 22 is what we're going to be looking at. And I want us to notice that first statement that Solomon makes there in the verse. He said, the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. So what does it mean whenever Solomon writes of the blessing of the Lord, or we might in a plural sense tonight say the blessings of the Lord? What does it mean when Solomon speaks of the blessings of the Lord? Well, this is what it means in its simplest form. It would be talking about the prosperity of the Lord or the gift of the Lord. You and I might explain it something like this. God's goodness to us or God's goodness to someone though it is not owed or though it is not deserved. Could we agree on that tonight? Okay. I want to make sure we're all working toward the same goal, okay? What is a blessing? It would be God's goodness, God's prosperity, God's gift to an individual, though it is not owed or is not deserved on their part. Now, if you think about that, here is what you and I also know. We also are familiar with this, that many people associate many different things as being blessings from or of the Lord. Do you agree with this? Y'all are just staring at me tonight. I'm sorry I threw us off with that whole in the future thing. Maybe you feel like you're in a time warp or something. I don't know. But at least smile tonight, okay? All right. 
There are many things that we associate and identify with those things being blessings of the Lord, correct? Here's how I would illustrate it. Here's how we would say this, okay? Outside of saying somebody like, well, I'm blessed with good health or good strength or whatever it may be, somebody may say something like this, well, I had a blessing this week. Well, amen, what was your blessing? Well, they might say something like this, we found out that our child is going to be able to attend this school. They applied for this particular school, and they were accepted. That is a blessing. That is something we were hoping for. Have you ever heard anybody say anything like that? Okay. Maybe they've said something like this. Hey, we had a blessing this week. Well, well fantastic. What was the blessing? What was this goodness of God that you received this week? Well, if you're talking to a parent who's got children of this age, they may say something like this. They're soon going to be graduating and they're going to be able to enter into this particular line of work. This is something they've been striving for. This is something that they've been looking forward to. This is something that they've had their heart set on for a long time. They were accepted. They were hired, whatever it may be. And that is a blessing. And we are so, so thankful for our children getting this opportunity. You ever heard anything like that? You may hear someone who is a little bit further along in life say something like this. Well, I received a blessing today. Okay, well, that's wonderful. What was the blessing? Well, I got the promotion. Well, fantastic. You got the promotion. Yeah, it's a real blessing. Well, I got a blessing today. What is it? Well, we put the bid in or the offer in on the house and the seller accepted our, our, our offer or our price. We had a blessing today. Well, what was it? We got a new car, or at least new to us. You understand how many times we say certain things are a blessing in our lives? You understand how much further I could go with this and how much longer I could keep us here and Talk about all the things that we associate to be blessings or associate with those things being blessings in our lives. We do it. Now, I want to make this very, very, very clear. That every one of those things that I just mentioned may very well be a blessing of the Lord. Everything that I've just mentioned, that may be... The, the goodness of God, the prosperity of God, the favor of God, the, the generosity of God being manifested in a person's life. And I trust that we understand this, that when you and I are truly blessed of the Lord, that is not something to take lightly. That is something of great value. For me to be able to say that the Lord blessed me with this, that is something that is not to be taken lightly. That is something to place great value on. The Lord blessed here, the Lord blessed here, the Lord blessed here, the Lord blessed here. To think that God would even be mindful of us to the extent that he would bless us, that is something to take very serious. Now why stress that? For this reason. That when there is something of value, there will eventually be something produced that is counterfeit. You understand this? 
if they will counterfeit a purse because it is of value and they can try to pass it off as authentic, and if they will try to counterfeit a watch because the watch has value and so they might be able to pass it off on someone who is not expecting or who is not aware of what to look for, Friends, if those things will be counterfeited, then we must understand this, that there are certain things that may appear to be blessings, but they are not genuine, authentic blessings of the Lord. Those things which may appear to be the blessings of the Lord could very well be counterfeit blessings. What do you mean? Well, I mean this. Just because a child is accepted into a particular school doesn't mean that that's a blessing. Just because our children are able to pursue a certain career and enter into a certain line of work and and this is something they've really studied for and this is something they've really been hopeful for and wished for and worked for for a long, long time. Just because our children got accepted in this doesn't mean that long term it's a blessing. Just because someone gets a promotion and gets a raise with it doesn't mean it's a blessing. Just because someone is able to buy a home or buy a new car, it does not necessarily mean that that is a blessing of the Lord. Satan certainly has been given the ability and has been given the authority to make certain opportunities available to people that in the end will not prove to be the blessing they were perceived to be in the beginning. We need to understand this. Not everything that appears to be a blessing is actually a blessing. And here's the thing with Satan's craftsmanship and Satan's workmanship. He's not sloppy. He doesn't put out a bad product. He doesn't put out something... That is obviously a fake. See, if Satan wants to give me a false blessing or if Satan wants to give you a false blessing, I'll just say this right now and we're going to deal with this more in a little bit. But but if Satan is going to try to trip us up with something that appears to be a blessing of the Lord and it not be, I can promise you this, it will look like one, however. It will seem to have all the markings of authentic blessings of the Lord. So if you and I don't want to be duped, what do we need to know? Well, here's what we need to know. What to look for. Okay, if I don't want to get duped, if I don't want to buy into some false blessing that is not a genuine, authentic blessing of the Lord then what do I need to know? I need to know what to look for. And it just so happens the Scripture gives us a couple of things in tonight's text on what to look for. Are we excited? All right, so let's look at what he says to look for. He said, The blessing of the Lord 
it maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Now, what do you and I generally think of almost immediately when we think of rich? We think of riches. We think of money. We think of financial prosperity, correct? That's what most people think of when they hear the word rich or riches. But I want us to be reminded tonight, though you may already know this, that the word rich here has nothing to do with financial gain or financial prosperity. Financial status has nothing to do in the big picture of things as to whether or not a person has been blessed of the Lord. You may have someone who is extremely wealthy financially who is not blessed of the Lord at all, and you could have someone who is extremely poor financially, and they are immensely blessed of the Lord. So whenever the Scripture says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, understand that that has nothing at all to do with the person's finances has nothing to do with our bank account, the size of our homes, the cars that we drive, the clothes that we wear, or anything of that nature. So what does it mean whenever he said, it maketh rich? It means this, that it enriches one's life. It enriches one's life. You know what a true blessing of the Lord will do? It will enrich our lives. So what does it mean to enrich? Well, it means this, to enhance or to make something better. It will enhance it or it is going to make it better. It is going to improve the value of something. So what does a true blessing do? A true blessing enhances a person's life. It improves the value or the quality of a person's life. And I know I've already said it, but I'll say it again. That has nothing to do necessarily with money. See, when a person truly enjoys the blessing of the Lord, when someone truly enjoys the prosperity and the bounty and the goodness and the kindness of the Lord, you know what they'll enjoy far beyond financial gain? They'll enjoy things like peace and joy and contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment with their lives. When someone is truly blessed of the Lord, here's what it's going to do. It's going to make their lives better many times in what would be intangible ways and ways that you could not put a dollar figure on that blessing. But friends, when you and I have been blessed of the Lord, we know what it means to have had our lives enriched and enhanced and the quality of our lives being made better and of a higher value. Would we agree with that? So he said that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he went on to say this, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And he addeth no sorrow with it. 
So the first thing that you've got to look for in considering whether or not this is a blessing of the Lord, you need to make sure, is this going to enrich my life? Is this going to enhance my life? Is this going to help my life? But the second thing you need to ask yourself is this, is is it going to add any sorrow with it because a true blessing of the Lord will not increase our sorrow with its presence in our lives? What does it mean whenever he says that it addeth no sorrow with it? Well, the word sorrow is dealing with this. With pain or hardship, with grief or frustration, things of that nature. Now, Solomon was not suggesting that when you're blessed, you never have problems. That's okay. He never suggested that. See, the life of Christ pretty much represented this fact and this truth and this principle that even if you live a perfect life, there's going to be frustrations in life. But when a blessing from God comes, it's not going to add to the sorrows or to the frustrations or to the miseries of this life. What do you mean? Well, think about it like this. Have you ever known a situation like this where a parent was just so happy and just so excited because their child was finally able to do this, whatever that may be? And everything was going good and everything was going great. And isn't this a blessing? And I tell you what, we've just been so blessed. But what happens then is somewhere down the line... What the person thought was a blessing turns out to be something that adds sorrow or frustration or pain or misery to their lives. Have you ever heard people say something like this? I wish my kids had never gotten involved in that. I wish my kids had never been accepted into that program. If I could go back and do things over again, I would never have let them do that. I'm just telling you, there are so many stories of people out there that they look back at decisions they made that they once identified as blessings, and now they are realizing that was not the blessing I thought it was. How did that happen? Because here's what happened. It did not enrich their lives. It did not enhance their lives and it added sorrow to their lives because Satan put forth an incredible-looking counterfeit that the parent was not able to discern between a genuine blessing and a knockoff blessing. Have you ever heard people say things like this? Whenever I got that job... Whenever I got that promotion, yes, it came with more benefits. Yes, it came with more perks. And, and yes, it came with more pay. And, and yes, there were certain things about the job that were certainly nice to have. But in the end, it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. You ever heard people say anything like that? So you got to ask yourself, how in the world did that happen? I mean, if it was the blessing of the Lord, how did this happen? Because it was not a genuine blessing from the Lord. 
So see, this thing that looks so good and it looks so promising and it was going to change our lives for the better and we're going to be able to do this and buy this and go here and do that and all these different things. Now people realize, man, that is not what I thought it was going to be. And what happened is, is that knockoff blessing, that counterfeit blessing, it's added sorrow unto their lives Rather than enriching their lives, it's made them miserable and frustrated and discontent rather than giving the joy and the contentment and the satisfaction and the peace and the fulfillment that a true blessing gives. You ever heard anybody say something like this? Well, ever since we bought it, it's been nothing but one headache after another. Yeah, but a few months ago you said that was a blessing. So what happened? Well, I think I bought a counterfeit. Yeah, it's called a lemon. It's called a dud. It's called junk, somebody else's problem. There's a lot of names for it, right? Somebody may say something like this. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it for the first several months. But I've got 52 more payments on this thing. It addeth sorrow. Because every month I could be doing something far more beneficial with that money than what I'm doing every month with that money. You ever heard people say things like this? You know, it's caused conflict in the marriage. It's caused conflict between the wife and I because we fight about finances now. You know, we, we bought this and we thought it was going to be great. And we bought this and we thought it was going to be great. And it was such a blessing. That's what we told everyone. And, and it's turned out to not be a blessing. Yeah. How does that happen? Because Satan puts the counterfeits out there. And you and I, so many times, we don't know how to distinguish between the two. So what does a true blessing look like from the Lord? Solomon said this, it maketh rich. It enhances our lives. It makes our lives better. The second thing that you have to watch for is this, is that it will not add sorrow with it. It's not going to make life more frustrating. It's not going to make life more irritating. When it's a true blessing of the Lord, it will always be a blessing from the Lord. Five years down the road and 10 years down the road and 15 years down the road, you'll still look back at that and say, that is a blessing. Now tonight as we think about that, I want to ask you something. How many of you tonight don't don't get you know just don't raise your hand or shout amen but but just answer the question in your heart how many of us have ever fell for a counterfeit blessing I don't speak tonight from a perspective of observation I speak tonight from the perspective of participation do you know how many counterfeit blessings I have bought into? Well, this is fantastic. Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. The Lord's really blessed. The Lord's really been good. And somewhere down the road, I'm saying to myself, 
that wasn't the blessing I thought it was going to be. I have lived this verse out. Because I did not know what to look for and I didn't know what to be mindful of. So there have been times that what I thought was a blessing of the Lord was nothing more than a counterfeit opportunity that I fell for. So that being said, consider another question. How many of us tonight know this, that we still run the risk of falling for more counterfeit opportunities? We still have the opportunity to fall for counterfeit opportunities for our children. Oh, I think this is great. I think this is wonderful. Oh, it's going to be one of the best things for them. I just tell you, it's just going to be great for them. Careful. Careful. Because it may not be as great as we think it's going to be. Well, you know, they're going to be able to get out there in the workforce and they're going to start their careers and they're going to be able to make X amount of money. Hold on, is, is that what we're determining to be the blessings of God in their lives? Oh, they'll get to start out at X amount. No, they're going to start out with this perk and this benefit and that's what's going to be provided and, and the company will give this and, oh, they're going to have great insurance and they're going to have great benefits and, and they're just, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. Hold on, that's your standard of a genuine, authentic blessing? We, we need to be careful. Well, I've got this opportunity and I, I think it's really going to be great for our family and I, I tell you with this opportunity, I'm going to be able to spend more time with my family. I'm going to have more money and all these different things. Listen, I, I'm not saying it is a fake. I'm not saying it's a counterfeit, but you better watch out because it could be. We're going to buy this. I'm not telling you not to because I don't even know what's being considered right now. But I'm just saying what may appear to be a blessing right now financially may not be a blessing in the future financially. And that may be a mistake that you and I get to pay for for a long, long time. See, none of us are exempt from repeating past mistakes. So how do I make sure that I'm not falling for some counterfeit blessing? Well, that goes back to the overall theme of Proverbs. Wisdom. Wisdom. Having a desire for wisdom. Seeking wisdom. Pursuing wisdom. Crying out for wisdom. And as wisdom presents itself, you know what we're able to do more clearly? We're able to see if this, whatever it may be, will actually enrich our lives and make our lives better. Or if some point down the road it's actually going to add sorrow to our lives rather than the joy we thought it was going to bring. So how do I avoid counterfeit blessings? Seeking the wisdom of the Lord and then applying 
the wisdom of the Lord. So in that, I just want to give us a few practical thoughts. You may not need these, but I bet you do. Because all of us can be helped by being reminded of this. If I'm going to exercise wisdom, in addition to seeking it and calling out for it and asking the Lord for it, what do I need to do? Well, I need to learn to live rationally, not emotionally. How many of us know, this is a scriptural principle, that our emotions will mess us up more times than they they will help us? I've probably shared this in the past, but years ago, whenever I was selling cars, you know what they said to us over and over again? Take them for a test drive so that they get emotionally attached to the car. When you're out there, say, isn't this a nice car? Isn't it ride good? Isn't it nice and quiet? Don't you love the features? Try to get the people emotionally attached to the car. You know why? Because when people get emotionally attached to a car, they'll pony up for whatever the payments are. And you watched it over and over and over and over again in a dealership. I'm just personal experience. I'm just saying that that Scripture would tell us that it's probably not best to let our emotions control us. So there has to be some wisdom in this, that regardless of what the situation is, use some common sense that God has given us and not let our emotions control us. Something else that would be helpful, just to throw this out again, just practical and I hope helpful, But just because we can doesn't mean we ought. Just because I'm able to do something doesn't mean that that's something that God has opened up for me. Here's another one. Just put this in your pocket and save it for whenever you need it, all right? Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean you need to do it. throw out another quick personal example because I can I, 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 I think you want it I really do all right two weeks ago my brother bought my wife or my wife my sister-in-law his wife I'm not doing so good on some of these things tonight two weeks ago my brother-in-law bought his wife a brand new car a couple of months before that he brought bought his daughter a brand new car just last week my dad and mom they bought a, a new car for them you know what good for them And I mean that. Good for them. Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean I need to do it. And then call it the blessing of the Lord in my life. Use some common sense. Use some logic. Use some rationale. Just because I can doesn't mean I ought. And just because someone else is doesn't mean I should. Be honest with yourself and the situation before you. How many of us tonight would have to admit this, that we're pretty good at lying to ourselves whenever we need to? 
Four of us will admit that. The rest of us were ashamed to admit it, but we know it's true, right? I can convince myself of anything I need to to justify my actions and call it a blessing. Once I've got myself convinced, that's when I go to work on Susie. Now, now, babe, I'm telling you, just this is why it's going to work, and this is how it's going to happen. And 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 sometimes I've had to put a hard sell on her because she's not buying it as quickly as I bought it myself. You ever been there? We can lie to ourselves, and then. We need to be willing to think long-term. What are we so guilty of in our culture today? Right now. What's in front of me right now? And what do we do? We make all of our decisions based on what is happening right now. There really is a need for us to look ahead and say, okay, as it relates to my kids, what are the potential risks of this in the future? What could possibly go wrong? Somebody says, well, you're just a pessimist. You're always thinking about the what-ifs could go wrong. That may be true to an extent, but there's also some wisdom in that of looking ahead and saying, are there pitfalls and are there traps that we need to be aware of that we wouldn't want to put our kids through this? We need to look ahead in our own spiritual lives and say, okay, if I follow through with this, what kind of impact is this going to have on me spiritually? What is this going to do to my walk with the Lord? What is this going to do with my relationship? What is this going to do with my testimony? I don't need to think about what's happening just now. I need to think about this long term. What's this going to do to our finances long term? Are we still going to be excited about this in six months? In a year, are we still going to be thrilled about this? Is this what is truly going to be what enhances and enriches our lives? Or is this going to add sorrow to our lives? See, if we want to avoid the counterfeit blessings, we've got to know what to look for, that it will make us rich It will enrich our lives, and we've got to know that true blessings never add sorrow to our lives. So how do I avoid those mistakes? I exercise wisdom. And in exercising wisdom, I keep my emotions under control. I don't assume that because I can, I ought. I don't assume that because others are, I should. I'm honest about a situation, and I think long-term about the situation in front of me. You may not need this tonight because you may look at your life right now and you may say, I've got nothing going on right now. I don't even see potential of blessing right now. You may not need it tonight, but I'm telling you, at some point in the future, Satan is going to dangle something in front of you to try to get your attention And he is going to put a pretty, pretty product in front of you to try to trip you up. It's at that point you need to stop and say, hold on, now before I lunge at whatever this is, is it a true blessing 
or is it something that I've determined to be a true blessing? I hope it helps. Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd help every one of us uh, who would need to to admit that we've fallen for the, the tricks in the past and we have fallen for the counterfeits. For those of us who would need to admit this, we've gotten excited about things that we had no business getting excited about. We thought because we could, we should, and right on down the line. And so as a result, what we thought was a blessing was not a blessing at all. And God, I pray that you'd help us tonight to realize that none of us are past that same mistake again. And I pray that you'd help us to use a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more discernment in the days and weeks ahead. And Lord, that you'd help us to do nothing that would add sorrow to our lives. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.